Christ has risen. <laughs> Wonderful to be here this morning with you, and especially on this special time at Easter. Uh, as Lyndon said, I uh, was booked to come a year ago, and uh, yet God's timing is perfect, uh, and so it's great to be able to pick that up now, and it's wonderful that uh, the book is going to have um, a place where you can study uh, and have a look at that. The book's called Understanding the Call of God, uh, and it's something that I find has real resonance with a lot of people when we seek to find what was God's call over our life and what was why it is that we are here and what was in God's heart regarding us. So I want to say thank you to, to Lyndon for the invite. Uh, so I want to uh, also honor um, some of the, the team that are with me today. Obviously, Rochelle, my lovely wife, uh, is with me, but Andrew and Maria have come, and this is part of our Words of Life team. Uh, my friend Stuart uh, is here today, and uh, Eugene. <laughs> so, um, yeah, lovely to have uh, part of the ministry that, that, that uh, God has placed on our hearts, which is called Words of Life, and it's around about uh, speaking out words of life. They're going to actually empower people and bring them into the fullness of maturity in Jesus Christ. Um, and so we're excited uh, with what God's doing with that, and it's great to be able to share here uh, this morning uh, with you all. As we approach the, the festival of Easter, most of, uh, most of the Christian world traditionally uh, has used this time to recount and to remember the, the events of the suffering, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and, and rightfully so. In line that, with that, over Easter, and you may have been involved in some of this, I, I know you had a Friday service, but there is uh, the telling of the Easter story, the passion story is told. Sometimes it's dramatized, uh, and all of that is to remind us uh, of the events that happened over Easter 2,000 years ago. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's good that that happens. But one of, the, one of the results of that is that Easter can sometimes be defined as, an, an, as a commemorative event. And that means that it's not unlike other commemorative events that we have. Just a few I thought of uh, as I was putting together. Obviously, uh, Guy Fawkes. Not many people remember why we do Guy Fawkes, but it's actually the remembrance of the falling of the gunpowder plot to blow up the British Parliament in 1605. If you're in Europe... They have uh, Victory Day, which commemorates the end of the, the Second World War on the 8th of May, 1945. Here in New Zealand, we have Waitangi Day, uh, which commemorates on the 6th of February, 1840, the, the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi. So these are commemorative events that we have, uh, and we take a day to remember the things that happened at that time in history, and it calls our attention to remember and to celebrate uh, things that are deemed to be significant events in history. And for, for, for many folks, Easter can kind of fall into that basket of an, another commemorative event. 
But I want to talk to you this morning um, about a, a slightly different approach to Easter, uh, one that comes right out of the Bible and I think and is, comes to us through the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul related to the events of Easter in an entirely different way than just a commemorative event. In his letter to the church in Philippi, he outlines how he relates to the events of Easter. And he calls upon the people of the church of Philippi to follow his example. So we're just going to look at that uh, this morning briefly, because I think in here is quite a significant truth. In Philippians 3, verse 10, this is what Paul wrote. He said, I want to, to know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Let me just say, um, I'll read that again. I want to know him. This was Paul's writing. I want to know him, the resurrection of so the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So I just want to look a little bit at that, that statement of what Paul is actually saying there because I think it's really significant to my life and to your life as well as a Christian. He says this, he says, I want to know. Now, if you're a, a bit of a word nerd like me and sort of like to know what is actually uh, being said here, uh, Paul uses a Greek word there that, um, and not only is it at the beginning of the sentence, but it's the operating verb throughout the entire sentence. And it's the, the Greek word, gononai. Uh, and the Helps Word Study says this, to know, or gnonai in the Greek, is to know by personal experience. To know by personal experience. So if you take that and you just take a step back from what Paul is saying there, this is what he's saying. He says, I want to know by personal experience Christ. I want to know by personal experience the power of his resurrection, and I want to know by personal experience the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Suddenly you have taken this out of the realm of history, out of the realm of just remembering what happened at Easter. Paul says, I'm not going to relate to those events in that way. I want to relate to them this way. I want to know by experience the power of his resurrection. I want to know by experience Christ, and I want to know by experience fellowship of his suffering. That's an entirely different picture. Suddenly we've shifted this quite significantly. And I would contest that Paul makes that statement, not because what he's saying in Philippians 3.10, that is not his theology. That is his testimony. Paul is not making a religious statement here. He's not saying, this is, this is what I, in my religious self, would like to know. He's actually talking about his testimony. He's actually talking about what he has experienced. And I'm just going to take a little bit of time just to quickly look at that, look at Paul's life and see how that played out. 
Just two little snapshots. First of all, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 8. And he's writing to the believers in Corinth, and he's saying this. He says, We do not want you to be uninformed about the hardships we suffered in Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. So he really wants them to know this his suffering was, was great. Now, I have no doubt that uh, everybody here has suffered hardship in some way. Absolutely no doubt that that is uh, an experience that we've all had. Suffering is the universal experience of humanity. Whatever that may be, whether it's relational, whether it's for physical, whatever way, we all encounter suffering in some way. It's the universal experience of humanity. What differentiates Paul's suffering was that it was encountered in the outworking of his call. And that is why he links it here, links it to Jesus' suffering, because Jesus also suffered in the outworking of the call of God over his life. As Jesus orientated himself to fulfill the call of the Father over his life, it meant that he suffered. And Paul also received a call. And as he began to live out of that call, as he began to walk in what God actually had for his life, he begins to actually encounter suffering as a result of that. And that's why he was heading to Asia, and that's why he says to them, I don't want you to be uninformed about this. We suffered greatly in that, in that time. And so... What that means is that this shifts Paul's suffering out of the category of the general suffering of all humanity and it brings it into participation or fellowship with the suffering of Christ. But he goes on in that uh, chapter, and this is Philippians 2, he goes on and he says this, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from a deadly peril. So in the first part, he is suffering greatly. He is participating in the sufferings of Christ. But now flips it over and says, we experience this, that we might know the God who raises the dead for God has delivered us from this deadly peril. What is that? <laughs> that is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Right there. Right there in that moment. Yes, he knew the sufferings. Because he was walking in the call of God. But in that, he also experienced the power of God. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ in that moment. And he says, we were, we were under great hardship. But... This happened that we might know the God who raises the dead. And he has brought us a great deliverance. That was his, his experience. So this is not theology, this is testimony. He's writing to the Philippians. The Philippians first met Paul. He comes to them on, on uh, the basis of a dream. I don't know if you recall this in Acts 16, that Paul has a dream 
And in the dream, there's a man from Macedonia who pleads that he comes to them to help them. And so in response to the call of God, he then heads them over to Philippi. And they have some encounters where uh, there are a few people come and become Christians. But at that point, there was also uh, caused a bit of a ruckus because they cast a demon out of a girl who was uh, reading fortunes, and they got upset. And so what happens is that Paul and Silas end up being thrown into prison. Anyone remember that story? This is in Acts 16. Right. So right there, he is in fellowship with the sufferings of Christ because he's walking out what God called him to do in a dream that he was given. He was called to go. He's orientated himself that way and he begins what to suffer. He begins to find that they're thrown into prison because they were doing what God called them to do. That's his experience. But what happens then? Paul and Silas are in prison singing and praising God right there in the prison cell. And what happens? Suddenly, the prison begins to shake. The chains fall off from their arms and the doors fly open. What is that? That's the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Right there. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ comes into that prison and the doors fly open, the chains fall off, and the Philippian jail comes in and pulls out a sword to kill himself because he thinks all the prisoners are now set free. And Paul says, hey, wait. We're all here. In which case he doesn't kill himself. He falls on his ground and says, what is this? And Paul leads him and his entire household to the Lord and they're baptized on the spot. So here's Paul, living, walking, orientating himself to the call of God and initially knowing by experience the suffering, the fellowship of the suffering of Jesus Christ in a prison cell, but then also the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So when Paul wrote that in Philippians uh, Chapter 3, like I said to you, he's not writing a nice theology. He's writing his testimony. He's writing what happened to him and what they experienced. Now we might say, oh, that's all very nice for Paul. It's great to read those stories in the Bible. But, you know, he's Paul. <laughs> but that would be all very well except that Paul then turns around and he speaking to the, the, the Christians in Philippi in verse 17 this is chapter 3 verse 17 he says this he says follow my example so he's not actually saying this is just his testimony this is not just the Apostle Paul, but he's actually now saying, 
to Christians, I want you to follow my example. So really what he's saying is, this is, is actually how we are meant to live. This is, this is actually a snapshot of what it is to actually walk with Christ. And he says to them, follow my examples in this. Now Paul, uh, earlier in the chapter, he's, he's talking about his experiences. And he says this, he says, I consider everything a loss compared with the greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. What he's really saying there is that, you know, he had lost a lot of things by aligning himself with the call of God. But in that chapter, he says, I, I count them as rubbish. I, I count them as refuge compared to the greatness of knowing Christ, Christ Jesus. So yes, when he began to walk in the call of God, it meant that he participated in the sufferings of God. There were things that he had to let go of, there were things that, that he lost. But he says, ah, I don't count them, I count them as rubbish compared with the greatness of knowing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in my life. So I would pay that over again in order that I might know him, I might know the power of his resurrection, and I might have fellowship with him in his suffering. So he is actually, he says it's worth it. It's worth it. Just to jump back to the, to the passage again. He says, I want to know Christ. This is where I, I you know, spend some time just looking and doing Bible study and, and, and learning Greek and doing all those sorts of things because I really want to go a bit deeper into some of these things. And so Paul says this, I want to know Christ. I said the, the Greek word there is nosnan uh, in that thing. But why uh, that's important is because he uses at that point a what's called the future imperfect tense. Anyone looks at me and goes, <laughs> well, yeah. The future imperfect tense in the language. So what that means is this. When he says, I want to know Christ, it means that it's a continuous ongoing action. The future imperfect tense means it's a, I want to know Christ and, I want to, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. And I want to continue to have these experiences, to know him more, to experience his fellowship with him and suffering that I might know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in my life. So it's not just like a, a one-off. The tense that he uses here tells us that this is an ongoing experience and this is what he desires because of the greatness of knowing Christ, because of the incredible uh, transformation that came into his life when he knew the power of God. He said, I would count everything that it cost me as rubbish compared to that greatness. 
And so because of that, I want to know and I want to continue to know and I want to continue to experience what it is so that my life will be marked and shaped by those experiences. Might get messy? Yes. <laughs> In fact, probably guarantee that. It was probably a little bit messy but at the point when they were sitting in the prison singing songs. It was messy in Asia. He says, you know, we were uh, experienced great suffering. He even says, far beyond our ability to endure. So yeah, it's, gonna, it's messy. But Paul looks at all of that and he says, ha, I don't, that mess, I count that as nothing compared to the greatness of knowing Christ and experiencing the power of his resurrection. When you take that sort of approach, Easter no longer becomes a commemorative event. It becomes a way of living. It becomes a way that we are going to orientate ourselves through life. I want to say that in, in hearing Paul's testimony, you know, Paul testifying that he experienced the, you know, the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ in an experiential way, and he experienced the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in an experiential way. In hearing his testimony, I want to add to that testimony, my testimony and the te testimony of Myself and Rochelle. Because I can stand before you today and say this, that our experience is that every time we have orientated our life to the call of God, every single time it has, we, we have encountered suffering, but we have encountered the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in our lives every single time four years ago we, 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 uh, we were living in Walkworth and God's call came to us to, to leave and to head off we, 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 so we basically we uh, sold our home we gave away all, you know, what, what, the furniture we had we had to say goodbye to our children. We headed off over to Canada. We lived in Canada for a couple of years. To follow the call of God. And I can stand before you today and say, yes, it cost us. In terms of our family, it cost us in terms of money. It cost us in a whole lot of different ways. We, went, we, we left our jobs. We went to Canada. We didn't have any jobs. But we experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I, I would have you here till well after lunch if I tried to tell you all the stories of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that we have experienced here, in Canada, in Europe. I've spent some time in Europe. Back here in New Zealand. Every time we have orientated our life to the call of God, we have 
entered into the participation with his suffering, but we have encountered the power of his resurrection life. So to Paul's testimony, I add, I, I add our testimony. And I would say with him, absolutely, that I would consider everything as loss compared to the greatness of knowing the resurrection power of Jesus. Whatever was my loss, whatever monetary loss, whatever loss in terms of you know, having to let, let our family go, whatever loss in terms of uh, jobs or, or anything, all that stuff, I would, I would stand with Paul and I'd say that I would count that as nothing compared to the greatness of knowing and experiencing his resurrection power in our lives. So I come round to that and I would just to comment in closing I would want to actually finish and ask you a question. The question is this can you pray this prayer with Paul? Is this something in your heart of hearts where you could say this, I want to know by experience Christ. I want to know by experience the fellowship of his suffering because I want to know by experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The good news is that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ doesn't just await us on the other side of death. It's not like, oh, we die, now we, get, we experience that. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ manifests in our lives when we live this way. And so I want to ask you this question. I know for me, I have said, I want to know Christ. I want to know and will embrace the fellowship of his suffering. And I want to continue to do that so that I continue to experience his resurrection power in my life. To his glory. To his glory. Every time I tell those stories, I, I kind of whet your appetite. Some of the stories are in the book. So you can read that if you, if you read the book. You'll get some of those stories. But every time I tell those stories, I did that this morning with sitting with some people. Told them one of those stories. Every time I do that, they look at that and go, wow, that's the power of God. And God is glorified. God is glorified. So I'm going to, that's, that's my question uh, to you today. And you don't have to answer that right now. You might want to go away and think about that. That's a big thing to say to God. Yes, God, I, I want to know you by experience. Yes, God, I want to know the experience of, or the fellowship of your sufferings because I have orientated my life to your call. And yes, God, I want to know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's a big thing to ask. You might want to think about that. It may mean some changes for you. God might come back and say, good, let's go. 
<laughs> oh, the power of silence. <laughs> so let me pray for you in that. And, uh, and then Lyndon's going to come uh, and, and we're going to close our service this morning. Um, if you would like some more prayer around that, uh, then myself, well, obviously Lyndon and Angela here, but myself, Rochelle, Andrew and Maria, we're happy to pray. Well, we're also manning the bookshelf as well. So yeah. um, but anyway, uh, if you would like prayer, then, then we would be happy to pray with you. It may be that you can't answer that question right now. It may be you need to process and do a little bit more tuning. That's okay. But it might be that you put your hand up and say, that's the kind of life I want to live. Let me pray for you. Lord, it's very quiet in here and uh, perhaps this is a holy moment. Perhaps this is a moment where we say, Lord, we want to take Easter out of history and move it to today. This is a moment where perhaps we say with Paul, I don't want to just remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but I want to know by experience Christ. I want to know by experience the fellowship of his suffering that is the suffering that is involved in following the call of God. And I want to know by experience the power of the resurrection. And so, Father, I commend every single person here today to you as they consider their response. It might be that they will think, well, I need to think about that. I need to process that. It might be that they right now say, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that perhaps is where I'm at. But there may be other people here today who go, yes. Jesus, that's prayer is my prayer. And can stand before you today and say, God, I will orientate my life to your call. And I will embrace whatever suffering that may involve. So that I see the resurrection power of Jesus Christ made manifest on my life. So that you will be glorified in me and me in you. Lord, I bless Maharingi Vineyard today. I ask, Lord God, that you would build your kingdom through them. I pray, Father, that you would raise up sons and daughters. I pray that they would go on into the experience of you and the experience of your love. Thank you for their leaders, Lord. Bless them as they serve this congregation. And I thank you for your presence with us here this morning. In Jesus' mighty name.